This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. Oregon's down by 12. They're on the 45-yard line with no timeouts. Oregon's got an all-American field goal kicker. Why didn't somebody tell me? Bet with an edge. He'd find out the kind of inside stuff nobody else knew, and that's what he put his money on. He even figured out the different bounce you got off the different kinds of wood they used on college basketball courts, you know? Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. A friend of mine is very smart, said I've been very lucky with gambling. I've never won. Broadcasting from the SCORE Hyundai Studios, presented by your local Hyundai dealers. Good morning and happy Thanksgiving weekend to one and all. Hope you're enjoying your time off and some terrific meals and drinks with friends and family. We're all in heavy football mode as soon as the season gets rolling, but this might be the week on the calendar in which we watch more football than any other week. Thanksgiving and Black Friday NFL games, a ton of college football for this rivalry weekend, and like the NFL, some all wrapped up with more to come. I'm here to cover it all. This morning, we're going to start things off here on Early Odds by going to the host of The Early Read. For Betsided, his name is Reed Wallach. Find him at Reed Wallach by his name on X. Covers a little bit of everything, but we're going to hone in on college football since it is rivalry week. Reed, good morning, and thanks for joining us on Early Odds this morning. Joe, it's a pleasure. Happy to be on the show. A big week ahead here, rivalry week, last week of the regular season. Still a lot to sort out in college football, so uh, happy to get into it. It changes forever after this week, right? It's our last full slate of games. We're going to be looking at all these matchups. Yeah, Ohio State, Michigan, we'll jump into that in a minute. But it's going to be a completely different Big Ten when they play their uh, their big game next year. And, you know, the Pac-12 matchups won't be in the Pac-12 anymore. It's uh, going to be a totally different scene. This is the last year where we've transitioned from, like, old college football where there's the BCS and it's a little bit more old school to the college football playoff era where there's four teams competing to the transfer portal era where everyone could transfer <laughs> on a whim, it seems like, to we're about to enter the realignment era of college football. I feel like I'm about to teach a history class <laughs> with all these things like a textbook. But the intensity of these games might change in the future, given the state of the playoff expanding to 12 teams. I do wonder if, hey, we have number two Ohio State, number three Michigan going at it in the game. The stake might be a little lower next year if the same situation mm-hmm. arises because these two teams know they're in the playoffs. We might see it more like an NFL style where maybe there's some competitive rejiggering. Maybe there's some load management going on. I'm a little concerned about that moving forward because I think the beauty of college football is that Again, we're kind of focusing on Michigan, Ohio State, but these two, 
exciting teams, these guys laying it all out on the line to make it happen in one game where it's win or go home pretty much for these teams. Maybe they back into the playoff that way, but pretty much these guys hate each other and it's win or go home for them. Yeah, I think you're right about that. And that's what stinks. What is so great about college football is every regular season game means so much in most scenarios. Like there are a few outliers over the years, but that's always been the case. And that's going to change this week. The people that are really into this made it a point to see the release of the rankings because how are you going to handle Florida State, which we'll get into? What about the Pac-12 having a representative before that breaks up? What about Ohio State and Michigan? How are they positioning them? Could both end up making it after this game? And I I think there is certainly that possibility. So we're going to go over all the big games going down today. Uh, We'll also talk about some of our favorite plays in the NFL. And if there's some time, we'll squeeze in some college hoops because Reed is terrific with that. You let us off there. Let's let's go right to the big game. Michigan at home, favored by three and a half, total of 46. John Harbaugh not at the stadium, just like uh, we've been seeing for a while there, but certainly part of the prep all week and talking to the media throughout the week. I'm playing the total. Are you doing anything with the side or total yourself? I am playing the first half under. It's something I've went to when Ohio State has played in big games, including against Notre Dame and Penn State. I -hmm. think Ohio State, the way they have played this year, because they are a bit limited at quarterback with Kyle McCord. There's no C.J. Shroud there this year. There's no Justin Fields going back a little bit further. This team wants to run the ball. And unfortunately for them, they're not going to be able to against this Michigan front. Uh, This Michigan team is top 10 in terms of yards per carry. Absolutely physical defensive line. And you look at Ohio State's run game and their run blocking. Last year, they couldn't run the ball against Michigan. They were third in PFF's run blocking grade. This year, they're down to 26. So the offensive line is a bit worse. And they're going up against an elite defense. I think this game is going to go on Kyle McCord's arm. I personally am a little skeptical it's going to work out for them. (laughs) I think it's an interesting uh, situation here where Michigan, all year leading up to that Penn State game, we talked about how easy their schedule was and how they haven't been challenged and what happens when they face a real defense. Well, it's almost like the inverse going into this game because Ohio State, since that Penn State game, has beaten up on a bunch of inferior Big Ten opponents that can't match up with uh, the Buckeyes. So Ohio State's ran them over, and now they have this perceived momentum edge. And you're looking at this line trickle around three, three and a half all week. I don't think these two teams are equal. I will note that Michigan has some issues that have been exposed, especially in the pass blocking. Of course, they don't have their head coach, like you mentioned, in Harborough. J.J. McCarthy, he's been spotted, you know, limping around a little bit. Maybe he's a little limited as a rusher. So I see why this number has trickled down from what got a little inflated throughout the year in the look-ahead market. I just personally don't think these two teams are equal. So I lean towards the Michigan side. I think they're going to win. My play, though, is on the first half under. That hook is a little dicey, so that's why I went to the total as well. First half under is a good look, something I might play as well, in addition to the full game under. Uh, Michigan wants to run the ball. We know this. It's wild, Reed, to think that just a few weeks ago, J.J. McCarthy was your favorite for the Heisman. We do get a new favorite every week, but they don't want to pass with McCarthy. That's what they've uh, shown us, especially the last two weeks. 91 rushes, 91 rushes against Maryland and Penn State combined like part of me is thinking is that a setup because it is the game but I don't think it is I think they're going to continue to run the ball and the Ohio State defense on the flip side you you talked about how strong the Wolverines are and you're right but Ohio State defense they've given up no more than one touchdown 
last six mm-hmm. games. They've been really strong as well. It does feel like, and, and we know how Big Ten football goes. Everything seems to be pointing to the under, whether it's first half or full game. So uh, certainly uh, with you there, we're starting off on the same page. Mm-hmm. Let's let's go to Florida State, Florida, because this one's really intriguing. I mean, there's a little bit of a guessing game going on, right? Without Jordan Travis, with the brutal injury and the timing of all that. Florida State favored by six and a half. The total is 50 and a half. This thing's going to go one of two ways. It's going to be the Knowles rallying around him, us against the world. They don't want us in the playoff now. Look at everything we've accomplished this year. And because of some bad luck, they're going to they're gonna crush our hopes and dreams. It's going to go that way. And they rally together. Or it's going to be the dream crusher has arrived. Uh, Florida State team that has had close wins, even with Jordan Travis, against Boston College, an overtime game with Clemson, a one-score game against Miami. I'm going to take the points, man. I'm going to take Florida plus six and a half. I'm hoping a seven pops. I don't know that it's going to happen. Uh, What do you think about this matchup? I think that if Florida State doesn't make the playoff, that's absolutely ludicrous. Assuming they win against Florida and they win the next week against Louisville. I think Florida state should absolutely be. And I think it would be ridiculous if they don't make it. I think Tate Rodemaker, the backup quarterback, I'm not going to say this guy is Jordan Travis's level. There's of course a drop-off, but he's played a little bit. He came in last year at Louisville, led Florida state from a come from behind win pass for 109 yards and two touchdowns on the other side, Florida, they lost Graham Mertz for the year. He broke his collarbone. So they went to a redshirt freshman, Max Brown. He, you know, did what he had to do against Missouri. They, of course, lose the game uh, on a last-second field goal to a really good Missouri team. But this is going to sound crazy. I kind of, if I were to play this game, I would take the over. I know two backups, uh, what's going to happen? Maybe Norvell goes super vanilla because to him, let's just get out of this game, right? Let's just try and stay as healthy as possible. Let's try and get to the ACC title game. Florida's defense has not stopped any team in its path. They have played elite offenses, but since October 7th against Vanderbilt, they have allowed 30 or more points in every game. Going backwards, they lapped 33 to Mizzou, 52 to LSU, 39 to Arkansas, 43 to Georgia, and 39 to South Carolina. Of course, Florida State now is their back quarterback, but they're still Keon Coleman. They're still Johnny Wilson. They're still Trey Benson in elite offensive line. So I think Florida State could score. I think UF is maybe going to try to muck this game up, try a few trick plays. Billy Napier is known for being a great coach as an underdog to begin with. I kind of lean towards the over of anything. I just think this is a really nice barometer to see, okay, where is this Florida State team at? Because to me, if they go into the swamp, even against a down Florida team and beat a rival and then beat what is now a top 10 Louisville team, to me, it's a no-brainer they should be in the playoff. I don't care what happens elsewhere. Huh. I thought what the committee did was really interesting. I expected them to slide Florida State because they were barely hanging on before. An undefeated Florida State team at this point in the year, they decide you're not in the top four. And, you know, maybe it's just one of those years where you have so many undefeateds. But by putting Washington in that spot and Oregon right behind Florida State, they really set it up for maybe Oregon jumping Florida State and taking that Washington spot if they win that game. And last year we saw it. It could happen again. They're going to say, hey, Ohio State and Michigan, one of them had to lose. And it doesn't mean because you lost that game, you are not one of the top four teams in the country because one of those teams had to have a one in the right side of the column. I Man, I'm wondering if both Big Ten teams make it again. We shall see. It's going to be interesting. What happens if uh, – I mean, we could play this game uh, for the rest I know. of the time. If uh, Georgia loses to Alabama in the SEC championship game, oh, boy, do uh, the permutations really start opening up that way. 
two Big Ten teams, two SEC teams. There is that <laughs> scenario. It's a it's a possibility. So well, it, it should be interesting, especially uh, coming down the stretch here. Yeah, I, I'm glad you brought up Alabama. Let's go to the Iron Bowl. Bama, a heavy, heavy favorite, minus 14 and a half against Auburn. The total is 49, man. <laughs> I mean, you talk about the definition of look-ahead spot. It's what happened last week to Auburn against New Mexico State. No fluke there. Lose outright. Basically doubled up in yardage. Just an embarrassing output by uh, by Auburn. I'm going total here. I'm going under 49. Offense has been an issue all year for Alabama. It's even worse with Auburn. I was surprised, Reed, to see the total this high. What do you think about Alabama-Auburn? I agree with you. I I would play under, if anything, in this game. The number seems high, right? Like for your typical Iron Bowl matchup, Alabama-Auburn. Listen, you could have your numbers. You could have your power ratings. There is, and this is going to sound so so stupid, but there's something about the Iron Bowl, especially in Jordan-Hare Stadium, where – Things get weird and things go sideways for opponents. We've seen ranked teams go to die there. We saw Georgia arguably get its biggest test at Auburn earlier this year. Auburn, they can't throw the ball. They were able to design some unique schemes from Hugh Freeze. They uh, run the ball, flip the field, lean on their defense. To me, I think Auburn can hang around this game. It's more of a gut feel than anything. Alabama should win, but... Alabama, there still is an issue with this team down to down, picking up first down. Success rate is still middling. They've been able to hit deep shots, though. They have figured out how to unlock Jalen Milrow as a rusher, and he's also been unbelievable on deep passes this year. Auburn knows that. They still have a you know, top 40 defense in the country. This is still probably a average to above average SEC defense. So I think Auburn's going to lean on their run, uh, on their defense and their rushing offense. Like you mentioned, Alabama has Georgia on deck next week. That's already set. They have the playoffs in there, you know, right in front of them. I think that this game isn't going to be so easy, though. And even if so, I think that the back door is wide open for Auburn in this entire game. So it would be Auburn if I was taking the spread, and it would definitely be under if I were taking the total. Very good. Early odds with Joe Ostrowski, Sports Radio 670, the score. My guest this week, Reed Wallach from Betside and follow him on X at Reed Wallach. All right, we've hit the game. We hit uh, the Iron Bowl. There's a few other games I, I know you've got thoughts on. We've also got to talk about this uh, NFL slate tomorrow, maybe squeeze in some college hoops. So you tell me, we've got LSU going up against Texas A&M. The Tigers, an 11-point favorite. High, high total there. Another high total game is the Apple Cup. Washington, minus 16 and a half against Washington State. I know you're interested in UNC, NC State, Share some thoughts on it, any picks that you might have in those games. Yeah, I, I'll talk about Washington just because I think that this team is quite a bit of a lightning rod, especially after winning in a rainy Riesler Stadium last week. I personally think that people are going to try and talk themselves into a Wazoo upset. Last Apple Cup is Pac-12 foes. They have agreed to extend this series. People are still waiting for Washington to trip up. I think Washington may have gotten over the hump with that midseason swoon following the Oregon game where they struggled to pull away from Stanford and Arizona State. This team put up 50 plus against USC on the road. They handled Utah. They just go to the road. They go on the road in adverse conditions for a pass first offense and out physical Oregon State to a 22 20 victory. This Washington State team, in my opinion, sure, they just absolutely destroyed Colorado, but it seems like everyone is doing that. I don't put much weight into that type of win. If you look at what Washington State was doing prior to the uh, Colorado beatdown, Washington State lost six straight. They lost 38 or more in four of those six losses. 
the team fell off a cliff. I think Washington State is in a big trouble. Their offense is all passed. They pass at a top five rate in the country, similar to Washington, but even more so. Washington's strength is in the secondary. They're top 40 in EPA per pass. It's their rush defense that's that an issue. So I think Washington State might be walking into a bit of some trouble here. I agree it's a big spread for Washington to cover with their defense. I like the Washington team total. I think they might try and run this one up. I think Michael Penix Heisman type of stat padding that we've seen Bo Nix and Jaden Daniels do in the past few weeks. Mm -hmm. I think this is the game for Michael Penix to maybe show out a little bit. So Washington total is something I like. I also like the North Carolina State. I like the spread. I think they win this game outright. I make North Carolina State a small favorite, to be honest with you. I don't know where this UNC love is coming from. They've lost the last two to <laughs> NC State. And if you look at what UNC has put on paper the last few weeks in ACC play, um, this is UNC. They've allowed 30 or more in their last five games against ACC foes. I don't think they're getting stops. Brennan Armstrong, he got benched. He's back in. Last two games, he's looked electric. They put up 30-plus in each. The Wolfpack, I think they're going to win this one outright. At home, Carter-Finley Stadium, they're peaking at the right time. UNC's kind of trending in the wrong direction. I, I like the Wolfpack, small underdog. Reed, you mentioned the Heisman, and we talked about how every week it's a different favorite. It's Jaden Daniels' turn this week. <laughs> if, if you did the blind resume, I'd say for the last few weeks, like he's the dude with everything he's putting t- together. But... History tells us that you need to make a playoff if you want to win the Heisman. So last week it was Bo Nix. A couple weeks ago, Penix was the favorite. Mentioned we've seen McCarthy be the favorite this week. Early on for a while, it was Caleb Williams. Who's the winner? I think the winner of the Pac-12 championship game. Jaden Daniels, the numbers are ridiculous. I completely agree. If he won, I wouldn't think it's like some robbery or anything like that. But I do think... While it goes to the, it should go to the best player. You got to win like a few big games, man. He's been in some big spots. I know you could blame the defense, but I don't make the rules. Like this is what it is. You have Michael Penix, who might put up an undefeated season as the nation's leading passer. And Bo Nix, who is leading the number one ranked offense in terms of success rate. So I just think those guys are playing in more important games. And I I see why right now Jaden Daniels is the favorite. And he has a game against Texas A&M where he's probably going to stat pad again. But you look at the consequential games that Oregon and Washington are playing in. I give them the nod because I think showing up in big games is a little bit more important than putting up eight touchdowns against Georgia State in a game that's literally being played. So you could add your stats and put, put up these numbers so you look like more of a Heisman candidate. That's all LSU is doing right now. Meanwhile, you have teams like Oregon and Washington trying to win games and trying to make the playoff and do something. So I think there has to be a middle ground. And to me, I lean more towards the great players with great team success rather than the really good team with a guy who's just putting up ridiculous numbers. Yeah. Uh, another thing that's going to be a different conversation next year. Is it just about making the playoff or is it about being a top four, top five team? Another reason the college football world changes after today. Reed Wallach of Betsided, sit tight. We still need to discuss our favorite NFL plays for tomorrow and we'll give the people a taste, just a taste of college hoops. Follow me on X at Joe Ostrowski at Joe. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay. 
Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. This is Early Odds, Saturday mornings 8 to 9 on 670 The Score and the Odyssey app. Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski on 670 The Score. I'm here Saturday mornings 8 to 9. My guy Reed Wallach of BetSided and the Early Read podcast, kind enough to break down college football last segment and stick around to look at the NFL for tomorrow. Bears-Vikings on Monday night to close out week number 12. All right, Reed, let's uh, jump over to the NFL. A couple plays that I'm interested in. Already four games in the books over the last couple of days, uh, but we still have a a full slate to go over. Not the best of games, but hey, we're going to bet on it to, to make it interesting to us. Uh, so we'll be watching those games tomorrow. And then, of course, uh, the Bears play on Monday night against the Vikings. Couple that I like want to quickly get your thoughts. Steelers favored by a point at the Bengals for that divisional matchup. So on the Pittsburgh side, I've got the better coach. I've got the better quarterback now, I think, even though he's not great in Kenny Pickett. Uh, I've got the better defense. And now I've got the new OC bump. Everybody's been screaming for Matt Canada to be fired for years. And uh, the Steelers finally went through with it. I think that did help the Bills a little bit last week. And you've got Jake Browning replacing Joe Burrow for the Bengals. That was a seven-point adjustment. And as ridiculous as it sounds, I don't know that that was enough because Burrow is everything to that offense. So I'm taking the Steelers minus one, and I can't believe I'm here. (laughs) But Raiders plus nine against the Chiefs. We all know the number. It's been three weeks. The Chiefs have not scored a point in the second half of these games. There's something going on with the Raiders. Antonio Pierce has covered all three games since he's become the head coach. And one thing they can do offensively, they can run the ball. And one thing you can do against the Chiefs, you can run the ball. So divisional matchup, I'm going to take the home team getting a ton of points. Raiders plus nine, Steelers minus one. What do you think? I think I like that Steelers play as as gross as it it is. I found myself fading the Steelers quite a bit throughout the season. Obviously, much to uh, my wallet's pain because this team seems to fit, seems to Man. find ways to win out of nowhere. They do fire Matt Canada, so maybe you got to bounce there. Obviously, Pittsburgh struggles against Cleveland last week. I don't think Kenny Pickett's very good, but this Bengals defense 
can we now that Joe Burrow's out, can we just admit that this Bengals defense isn't very good and it's this Bengals team is probably being lifted up by a fantastic quarterback and a handful of great weapons. Yep. Not the now defense of the last couple of years. They they lost a lot of guys and they've been trying to figure out that secondary. You're so, right. I think this is a good landing spot for the Steelers to get back on track and get a win. It's probably going to be a grind, but Jake Browning, while he did show some flashes of competency against the Ravens, this is still a physical defensive front. And in reality, the Bengals didn't do anything on offense against Baltimore. I don't expect them to against Pittsburgh. I don't expect a blowout by any means. I imagine this game's going to go down to the wire because every AFC North game goes down to the wire. Mm-hmm. I, I do lean towards Pittsburgh though as well. As for the Vegas side, I can't get there because I do think that this Chiefs defense is elite enough to shut down whatever Aiden O'Connell wants to do. And I think <laughs> you do, I, I think you can pass on this Raiders secondary. And I think ultimately Kansas yeah. City gets back on track. Maybe I feel a little bit differently if they didn't lose the way they did against Philadelphia. Maybe I feel a little bit differently, but I think this might be actually a good time to play on Kansas City. I'm not going to bet it myself, but I, I'm a little scared of uh, that Raiders team. I just I can't really get a feel for them. You could certainly pass on them, but <laughs> will the receivers catch it? That's, that's, the that's your point. <laughs> There's going to be a bounce back game sometime. Is it in this divisional matchup? Possibly. All right. Uh, I know you've got a couple looks in the NFL. What are you thinking? I like the Denver Broncos as small home favorites against the Cleveland Browns. As someone who follows college football very heavily, I was very excited to see Dorian Thompson Robinson break into the league so quickly. That being said, I do think that he's running into a Denver team that's playing its best football right now at home. The defense to me looks very strong. Defense are making big plays. They're generating turnovers. Russell Wilson, I won't say that he's all the way back, but it does seem like this Denver offense is starting to figure it out a little bit. There's a few red zone failures that are leading to a lot of field goals, but this Cleveland offense is super limited with DTR and Jerome Ford in the backfield. So I don't expect much from Cleveland. So I think if Denver, I know they're playing an elite defense, they could get to like 17, 20 points. That might be enough, maybe even less than that. So I kind of lean towards Denver as a small home favorite. And I like Baltimore on Sunday night against the Chargers. I think this Chargers team, how many times do we have to see the same team do the <laughs> same things over and over again? I think Staley C is as hot as could be. There's the haze in the barn here, and he's in some trouble as the head coach of the Chargers. Bad brew there, and you're getting a Baltimore team. Sure, they're not going to have Mark Andrews, but plenty of rest after the Thursday night game. And even before that, we saw Baltimore against Cleveland move the ball pretty well. Going back even further, Seattle, Detroit. I know they're going on the road to SoFi. That's not like there's any home field there. I think you're seeing Todd Munkin, who came in highly touted from Georgia, great offensive mind. I think as the season is progressing, you are seeing this passing game come together. Zay Flowers is breaking out. Odell Beckham looks good. I think Baltimore on the road, clear cut above Los Angeles. And three and a half, I think Baltimore might lay it on them. I don't think the Chargers really have anything. Joey Bosa, he got carved off. I think it was a foot sprain. I like Baltimore quite a bit. I think that they're, Baltimore with a few bounces are looking at like a one loss season right now. And we're talking about the team very differently. Staley's falling apart. Don't ask him about who's going to call plays for the defense. <laughs> he's doing it. Don't you dare ask him. He's he's sick of going on the record that he's going to continue to call the plays. Yeah, the Ravens are going to be able to uh, call their shots, do whatever they want. They're going to feel the Mark Andrews loss, but I don't think this is the spot. You're right. And just way too many injuries 
All they have at this point is Keenan Allen. So yes, Ravens, why'd that number come down? I don't get it. I know some sharp people were playing the Chargers side. Okay, keep playing the Chargers side. We're going to take the Ravens side. Uh, I'm a Browns guy. I don't know what to do with this spot, though. This could be a tough adjustment. If you look at the Browns at home versus on the road, you're going to have to be dealing with the elements. That Broncos defense, people are laughing at me. I'm giving them credit, man. We've seen oh, yeah. it a few different spots where new defensive coordinators, it's going to take a month or two. And that's exactly what's happened. We were laughing at them, thinking they were going to set all sorts of records defensively, not only being the worst in the league, but just you know setting all sorts of numbers. You think back to that Bears game, what Justin Fields was able to do against that Broncos defense. Different team right now. They make a change at cornerback, and it's changed a whole lot. So uh, I certainly understand uh, the angle there. All right, Reed, one more thing. College hoops. We're making the trans. We're not even there yet to make the transition, but we want to give people some value. This is when you find value in the futures market or angles to play. This is when the sharp betters play college hoops, November, December, maybe January. Then a lot of them uh, cool off after these numbers get too tight. What should we know about college hoops, whether it's a future, whether it's just something that's different this year, team on the rise, whatever you want to share with the early odds audience. Feast week been going on this week. So this is kind of the showcase for a lot of these teams early in the season. You can maybe pick up on a few things you're seeing from teams. I mean, Maui this week, I don't know off the top of my head. I want to say it was like five teams in the Ken Palm top 15 were playing at, Ma at the Maui Invitational this weekend. So uh, like high level early season hoops here. So you're really seeing a lot of teams. And you're starting to pick up on what these teams are really all about. I personally have a preseason future on Marquette. That number has already dropped down as the team has quickly jumped out with wins over uh, the local product, Illinois, on the road. Uh, they looked pretty well in Maui as well. I think Tennessee has really impressed me. I'm a noted Rick Barnes non-believer, but <laughs> they got this kid Dalton Connect uh, transfer. That opens up some things for this Tennessee offense. He is future pro. He's about 6'6", could get his own bucket, great shooter. I think he really opens up things for Tennessee, something they haven't had in the past few years, and you saw that at Maui where they looked really good. Um, and just looking at the odds here, Kansas, rightfully the favorite, in my opinion, Dewan Harris is back. They got Hunter Dickinson from Michigan, the transfer portal. They will be very good. And I agree with them being the favorite at the moment, but they are uh, lumped together with Purdue, which save yourself the money. They Purdue will not win the national championship. I will go on record. <laughs> yes. uh, so those are your two favorites, but I think one team should actually be further ahead than that team. And uh, Purdue, I know Zach Eady an interesting talent and he's gigantic, but you can't teach an old dog new tricks, and that's Matt Painter losing in March. So uh, do uh -huh. not do not waste your money on uh, any Purdue futures. Yes, so there are some Purdue fans listening, certainly in the area. Guys, yeah. you they know the drill more than any <laughs> of us, Reed. Thanks for joining me this morning on Early Odds. Reed Wallach, at Reed Wallach on X. Check out his podcast, The Early Reed. Uh, Reed, best of luck uh, today with the college and then uh, tomorrow with the NFL, all right? Uh, thanks, Joe. Always appreciate coming on. Some outstanding info from Reed, especially college football and college basketball there. Are you still alive in Survivor? If you have action tomorrow in Survivor, these feel like dart throws at this point, assuming you don't have KC. We'll get to that and Bears-Vikes. And just because it's a holiday weekend doesn't mean I won't be here tomorrow morning for BetMGM Game Day with Jason LaConfora and Pamela Maldonado, 7 to 10 a.m. This is Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski on 670 The Score and the Odyssey app. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Modelo, the markable fighter. Trick responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. That's where an agent who is a realtor comes in to navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. The Score Listener Line is powered by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. Welcome back. Early odds with Joe Ostrowski on this holiday weekend with you. But to every single weekend, including this weekend, weekly contributor Jim Miller joins us from over at Hawthorne Racecourse. Jim, survivor's tricky. Now, in the pool that I run, I was bounced thanks to Washington. A lot of people were bounced Ugh. every pool that I saw. Uh, the Commanders ended up being the most popular play. I can't really disagree with it since you had DeVito on the other side. It was the most popular one in the Circa Survivor as well. Uh, obviously, with the number of games that we had Thursday, Friday, the one thing that jumps out is the large point spreads that we had. So if you have any of those teams available, you were going to take them, whether it be Dallas, Miami, Detroit, San Francisco, all large point spreads. The only large point spread going this weekend is Kansas City. But for me, I'm in a pool. I have one spot. I'm down to my last pool, last spot available. I've used all five. All five hanging around a touchdown or higher. I've used them all. So I've got to pick a team from this awful slate that we have tomorrow. And yeah, man, it is awful when you knock four games already out and you kind of want to have high profile teams playing like, okay, good job NFL. But now that means uh, Sunday's going to be rough tomorrow. But you know what? People watch regardless because it is the NFL. I love these weekends. The weekends I love. Thanksgiving weekend, now you had that Friday game. I love when they get to the end of the season. They're playing games on Saturday and Sunday and Monday as well. So that's the thing that is kind of cool about the NFL. But you're right. I think the vast majority that are still alive in Survivor probably don't have any of those teams available. If they do, they've done a tremendous job. So now it comes down to some of these grindy type of games, the games that are probably going to be close, field goal or less, and mm-hmm. some really bad matchups that are that could actually be very intriguing as well. So let's talk about the scenario, the one that I'm dealing with, the one that I'm sure a lot of people are dealing with based on pick availability. Assuming you don't have Kansas City available, where are you going? Well, I'm not using the Eagles against the Bills. I think the Bills are actually live for that game. The Ravens are around three and a half, four throughout the week at the Chargers. Most people have used the Ravens. I'm one of them that's used the Ravens. Do you want to back Levis as a short favorite? The the rookie quarterback has looked awful the last few games. I know they're going against Carolina. A lot of people are going to play Monday night, man. They're going to take the Vikings. The Bears are trending up. We'll get into that. 
So I don't want to touch that one uh, with Dobbs. I think reality is going to set in with him. And I'm left with one, Jim. I'm making my case for it. It's gross. It's bad quarterback play on both sides. Oh, no. I'm going with the New England Patriots. No, you did not say that. Tommy DeVito is not winning back-to-back games in this league. I refuse to believe that, Jim. Six turnovers. <laughs> Needed six turnovers to pull off the victory. Belichick, two weeks to prepare. He's not as strong as he once was without Brady. That's okay. You don't need to be all that strong to take down Tommy DeVito. Young, inexperienced, bad quarterback against Belichick's defense. I'll take the Patriots. I'll tell you, though, Saquon has been so, so good and seems to be getting better. Mac Jones has been really bad this season. But I love that you want to talk about this game, Joe, because I want to talk about it for a different reason. And here's the reason why. There are two major matchups that have implications for NFL worst record this year. That game's one of them, New England against the Giants. The other game is Carolina against the Titans. Those are the four teams that I think Mm -hmm. end up battling it out for worst record. Joe, I actually think it's worth a play to play New England to have the worst record in the league. Right now they have two victories, but look at their season after this. Okay, you have the Giants this week. Maybe the Giants beat them there. Then it goes Chargers, Steelers, Chiefs, Broncos, Bills, Jets. Maybe, Maybe they get one win out of those remaining games. But if they lose to the Giants this week, you're looking at a two or three win New England Patriots team at the end of the season. I think they could be the league's worst record team. Well, going into this game, each team has eight losses and I get almost double the value on the Giants. I said, I think the Giants are going to lose. So don't I have to make the Giants a play at eight to one before this game? For sure. And that's the thing. We talked about it last year. Worst worst record was going to come down to that week three game. When the Bears played Houston, well, I think this could be the game, honestly, because here's the thing. Carolina, their schedule the rest of the way actually isn't too terrible. All right, you have the Titans on there. You could beat them. You have the Buccaneers twice. You could beat them. You also have the Falcons and the Packers. They could pull out a couple of victories there. And I'll tell you, the Arizona Cardinals, since the return of Kyler Murray and now James, James Connors back, They've looked like a competitive football team, so I don't think it's that easy there. I think there is some value for worst record. Every team in the NFC South has a terrible schedule. Like, if you go future schedule, it's just god-awful because everyone is bad in that division. So I get that angle. Arizona also has nine losses along with Carolina. No, they're going to be in games. They're going to be in games like they were this week just because of Kyler Murray's presence. They're not going to be one of these bottom feeders. Carolina should not be a odds-on minus 120 favorite to have the worst record. They should not. And and the Bears are going to find their way and win some games. I don't know if they'll ever win a divisional game, but they're going to find a way to win some games. And they already beat Carolina, so they're not going to finish with worst record. We're basically telling the people, pick the loser of Patriots-Giants, bet on that team to have the worst record, right? Yes, yeah, yeah, I agree. And you know what? Honestly, you could probably play both ends of it because you're going to get some value there out of that. So you could play both ends and still end up ahead. There you go. Early odds with Joe Ostrowski, Sports Radio 670, the score with weekly contributor Jim Miller here. And Jim, I know you're always taking a look at some of these season long props and you're thinking wideouts. What do you got? Well, and here's the thing. You look at receiving yards and a couple of these guys already played on Thursday and Tyreek Hill and C.D. Lamb, who are top the standings. But mm-hmm. Keenan Allen... Play Sunday, he's had 
a very respectable season. He's a couple hundred yards behind Tyreek Hill, but he's sitting at 6-1 to one to lead the league in receiving yards. This is a team that does wing it. They're going to have to continue to if they're going to try to find a way to win because that's a team that's in complete disarray. But kind of under the radar, I think he's had a solid season here, and I think that's maybe where your uh, value there could be for receiving yards at the end of the year. Yeah, I think if you go outside the top four, that's going to be a tough climb for all of those guys. Like Amon Ross, St. Brown, like Puka, Diggs, those guys, for them to get into the mix, it's going to be challenging because we are now into the second half of the schedule. So that's going to be tough. I was wondering if you were going to mention Keenan Allen. I mean, he's the guy. He's got to get all the targets. It's just about staying healthy. If he stays healthy, you know, we're seeing Gerald Everett miss time. Of course, Mike Williams, Palmer. Uh, it's all him and Eckler, that entire offense. And as terrible as that defense is, they're going to keep chasing. So plus yep. 850, that's a really good look. All you got to do is basically catch Tyreek. And Keenan Allen can do that because he's going to be the volume monster the rest of the way for the Chargers. So I, I think that's a really good look at plus 850. What about touchdown scores from uh receiving? So touchdowns is tight. Tyreek Hill entered the week with nine leading. All right, Cortland Sutton's had a really good season. He's sitting at eight. But there's two guys that you're looking right around double-digit odds that I think you have to give a look to. One of them is Mike Evans, who's had a very solid season. He's sitting there with seven touchdowns going into this weekend. And then Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs kind of gets almost a little whiny-ish when things aren't going his way. And then all of a sudden, targets start finding his way again and again and again. Well, look at how the Bills have been playing over the last few weeks. You could see one of those Stefan Diggs three TD games coming up here very soon. He's sitting there anywhere from eight to ten to one. But both of these guys, they're only a couple of touchdowns off the leader going into the week. And I think both of these guys are worth a look. You know, there are a lot of names in the mix right now that I just don't truly trust. Cortland Sutton, yeah, he's come on, made some big plays for Russell Wilson, but is he going to keep doing this and surpass Tyreek? I have a tough time buying into that one. Dobbs is there at seven. Is he going to continue this no. at the Packers? Addison, downgrade at quarterback. Now it's Dobbs for him, a different Dobbs. Is Addison going to continue to get touchdowns? Probably not. Mark Andrews at six. He's going to be out for a while, if not the entire season. Jamar Chase also at six. Now he gets a big downgrade at quarterback. Like There are a lot of situations here where you just want to cross off these receivers. So looking for value in this market, I don't think it's a bad idea. Lamb is going to be difficult for him to, to catch Tyreek for sure. What about Tank Dell? The Texans are in high scoring games every single week. He's sitting there with five for the Texans. And, you know, they're just going to keep on firing and firing and firing. And you could find Tank Dell this week at 40 to one. Well, look at his progression as the season's gone too. early on in the season. Nobody knew anything about him. And I think even the Houston Texans didn't know a whole lot about him. And then all of a sudden, you just kind of get that connection there. C.J. Stroud to Tank Dell has turned out to be one of the top yeah. in, in the last two, three weeks. So, sure, he could definitely go off because Stroud, the way that offense is set up, they're throwing the ball to get into the end zone. They're not running it in there. So, you're looking, if they're going to score points, which they are, it's possibly three or four touchdown passes each week. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I, I really like the Diggs one, though. That makes sense. If they can figure things out, we'll see what Joe Brady does moving forward after settling in as the new offensive coordinator for their win last week. We shall see moving forward. Some people thinking, okay, maybe the Bills are not dead. Here, what we do know is the defense is awful, so they're going to need to keep passing and keep scoring points for the Bills to end up victorious. The 
schedule gets very challenging for them moving forward. So we're in the same media contest. You pick five games against the spread using the super contest lines. Monday night, Vikings-Bears. Will that game be on your card? Yes. It is. I do I do have that game on my card this week. Okay. And I do I'm not go- so far. I'm going the route of the Vikings there. Think about this, Joe. All right. Here's how crazy things are because the Bears just continue to melt down, especially under Justin Fields in the fourth quarter. Think about what could have happened on the betting end of things if that ball's not booted out of the end zone for a safety, but it's oh, I know. recovered. I know. By I had a Bears, I had a Bears plus seven and a half ticket. I know, believe me. Yeah. But that but they put themselves in that situation. And that's the problem too. There's so many times that everybody is going after the coaching and that, but you know what? Last week to me was a player's loss. Jalen Johnson, how many times do you have the opportunity to just have an easy interception that you can't do it? And then just some execution a little bit later on in the game. Tyler Scott's not able to run under a pass that he should have. But it's one of those things, the Bears, and it just seems like especially under Justin Fields, find ways to melt down in that fourth quarter. I don't know what it is. I'm curious to see where this line ends up. Right now it's sitting right there about three and a half. The Vikings, I just think, are so much better. I think they're going to go out there and win by at least a touchdown. When that number was posted this week, it went from four and a half down to three and a half, and I thought that was an overreaction. That number felt very short. I didn't get that. I thought it should have been at least four, and I know it's a combination of respect for the Bears. Vikings didn't win that game in Denver, but I thought that was a bit of an overreaction, so it seemed short. So Vikings at home, those explosive weapons that they have, so many of them, uh, that makes perfect sense to me. Anything else that really jumps out? I mean, I after that tough Eagles game against the Chiefs, good on them for getting that win last week. But uh, that that's a brutal spot. Now you got to follow that up and beat the Bills by by margin too. I mean, that high flying offense. Yeah, that's going to be a tough game. I don't know if I'm going to have that on my ticket or not. The other one that I was looking at was that was a little intriguing. Was the New Orleans Saints going to Atlanta? That line's only sitting at one in Atlanta's favorite. I think New Orleans is a far better team than the Atlanta Falcons are. New Orleans coming along. Carr's been playing okay. He's got 10 touchdowns to four interceptions. Chris Olave's quietly had a good season. You got Kamara back. The way they're using Taysom Hill, I think the Saints are going to win that game outright. Yeah, that's about injuries. It looks like Lattimore's going to miss some time. Michael Thomas on the outside. He's been scoring touchdowns this year for the Saints. He's going to miss some time. I don't trust any team in that division. I, I'm at the point right now where I think I made the case for the Bucks to win it. They're the third favorite at plus 450 to come out of the NFC South. Everybody's trash. Those three teams all have a chance. They're going to be playing each other. Schedules are soft because they're all bad. I don't know. I mean, it's you could have to... you could have a playoff team out of that division, Joe, with a losing record. You could have an eight and nine division winner. You know, the bottom of the NFC playoff picture is so bad. You could very well get two playoff teams out of that terrible division. Like, yep. And people are making cases for every team but the Bears to come out of the NFC North and make the playoffs. That's how bad that six and seven seed is. I mean, there are some brutal schedules that some teams have. Some are going to fall off. So many teams you can't get a read on from week to week. It's Jekyll and Hyde, which team shows up. But I guess it'll make it things interesting. But the wild card weekend probably won't be too interesting on the NFC side. No, think about this too, Joe. You don't blow a three-score lead to the Denver Broncos and then blow a lead to Detroit. The Bears would be in the playoff picture. That's how bad the bottom end of the NFC is. Three wins turns into five. All of a sudden, you would be saying, hey, we're a game out of the playoffs. How crazy is that? That fools a lot of people. That has people thinking that your team's better than they actually are. 
not realizing the changes that need to be made uh, with this current playoff format, making the playoffs. I don't know that that is uh, some miraculous feat and (laughs) that you should celebrate anything. Look at some of these teams that are going to be making it, especially over on the NFC side. Jim, enjoy all these awesome college football games that we've got coming up. We'll make do with the NFL uh, coming up this weekend. I know you're uh, maybe you're bloated a little bit like all of us after all the eating the last couple of days. But you know what? It's nice to sit back, have a nice meal, put on some football. It doesn't matter. The NFL is king. It doesn't matter what the matchups are on Sunday. I'll be there watching. Thanks, Jim. You got it, Joe. Good luck. Jim Miller, Hawthorne Racecourse Weekly Contributor here on Early Odds. And a huge thanks to Reed Wallet for dropping by to go over college football rivalry weekend, including Michigan-Ohio State, which you'll be able to hear right here on The Score while you're driving around today. Thanksgiving weekend, always a big driving around weekend. This way, you're not going to miss a moment of the college game we've all been waiting for. Use the Rewind feature on the Odyssey app if you missed our preview. Tomorrow morning, I'll be here for BetMGM game day, 7 to 10 a.m., all three hours live right here on The Score. It's myself, Jason LaCanfora, and Pamela Maldonado. Usually it's the first two hours on The Score, but all three hours tomorrow morning since Bears pregame obviously moved to Monday. Find the links to all of my shows and other gambling content on X at Joe Ostrowski at Joe Ostrowski. Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw is next. Happy Thanksgiving weekend, everyone. Cash those tickets and keep it locked right here on 670 The Score. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.